0: wake up it's the sleep unplugged podcast with dr chris winter episode 37 marijuana and sleep the drugs don't work they just make you worse welcome everyone to this week's episode of the sleep unplugged podcast my name is chris winter i'm a neurologist and sleep specialist and really excited for you to be here if you're new to the podcast and the sleep Unplugged family welcome if you are a veteran welcome back Always, always great to have you. This is a very exciting week. This is a topic that, when I appear in media, where they sort of open up the phone lines, this is often a big topic. I was just recently on a, a news broadcast, I believe, in in New York, and and I think two people asked about this. I made a little mental note to myself that it's time to 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 do the episode, and so. As followers of the show, you know that it's March fifth. This is the first Monday of the month of March, which is incredible. The year's already flying by. So we, you know, uh, we do a topic related to insomnia, and I thought, you know, this counts. I think I, I think that a lot of people look to marijuana and related products to help with sleep. Uh, help with insomnia, so I think this is a perfectly legitimate topic for our Insomnia Monday. Uh, I'm going to start the show, as we always do, with comments, criticisms, corrections. I'll start with a compliment, and that comes from Dr. John Kennedy. He wrote, just found your podcast. I'm really enjoying it. I am boarded in sleep medicine also, and I appreciate your approach in not scaring people about sleep like some other authors have done just bought your book and I look forward to reading it. Well, <laughs> you might want to hold your judgment before you read it, John. I, I'm kidding. John, I really appreciate it. I did a little stalking of John and found out that, oh yeah, by the way, he was the 2009 president of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons and really illustrates one of the great things about sleep, which is it's very inclusive. There are plastic surgeons, there are neurologists like me, there are psychologists and psychiatrists pediatricians pulmonologists internal medicine doctors cardiologists it's it's such a and that really is indicative of the fact that it's so inclusive the topic of sleep in terms of things that affect our health and i I really appreciate you john saying that you know any compliment is meaningful to me a compliment from a peer is extra special um, so we'll go from compliment to to question, criticism. And this comes from Dr. Karin Johnson, friend of the show, who mentioned in the last episode she wrote, um, Chris, are you out of your, ooh, I can't say that word, mind, you somewhat mentioned chronotype as related to jet lag. Is there really data that one chronotype does better or is it just a matter of which way you are flying? As a morning person, I get more jet lag flying to California because they are delayed compared to East Coast, but easier for me to fly to Europe, which is harder for most people who are night owls because they need to move their clock earlier and it's easier for me to advance my rhythm. Uh, thank you, Karin. And I'm just kidding. Karin didn't say that first thing. She would, she would never speak like that. Karin is a beautiful soul and is People who listen to this podcast know she's a real friend of the show. And this is a great question. And I don't want to belabor it um, because in the last episode, this was episode 36 on jet lag, I said, if you're a delayed sleep phase, if you're a night owl, you do better with jet lag. And I don't think that's true. I I think that I said that in error. So I really dove in and figured out, well, why would I have said that? and there are a couple of reasons I think that it was kind of lodged in my brain. Number one, I think it's pretty well published that individuals who are night owls do better with night shift work, and, and that obviously makes sense. So that's number one. Number two, there is research out there that says as we get older, we deal worse with things like jet lag and um, shift work and we'll do a whole episode on shift work and touch on these things Um, and as we get older our chronotype tends to become a bit more advanced than delayed and i was also looking at some Research and that comes from research that's quite old. Um, I mean, there are articles going back to 79 up to 93. The articles I would have been aware of when I first started looking at this, um, back when I first started in sleep, that really talked about night shift work and chronotype and that delayed sleep phase being a chronotype advantage or a chronotype being a shift work advantage. Uh, and 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 so I think I sort of took that age, I took the night shift work. And then some of the studies that I looked at back in the day generally featured teams moving west and sort of put that together into what I call a black pearl. Black pearl is when somebody of expertise tells you something that you're like, well, it's Chris. He knows what he's talking about. He's an international sleep expert, right? Well, sure, but Chris, Chris makes mistakes. And I think this is a good one. So I kind of looked it up and saw there was a 2021 study that showed that... Um, delayed, people who have delayed sleep phase actually have more social jet lag because they like to stay up. Um, there was a 2020 study that said, uh, and I think this is, this is perfect for what Karin said, uh, chronotypes in- influence how individuals are affected by jet lag. Quote, morning type people who prefer to wake up early have less difficulty flying east, while e- evening type people who prefer to wake up late have less difficulty flying westward. Um, so, Karin, really appreciate you bringing that to the attention uh, and keeping this this podcast uh, sound uh, in terms of its its data. Thank you very much. And finally, we'll 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 end with a criticism. This was posted on the YouTube channel in an incredibly rude way, rude enough that I took it down. But in the interest of inclusion, I'm going to include this comment because it said. I tried to watch this information, but after 10 minutes of blabbing, non-related nonsense, I moved on, shaking my head, waste of time. So thank you very much for uh, for this individual for interacting. And I kind of agree. You know, I was listening to my last podcast and thought, man... A lot of talk. You got to get on with it when it comes to the jet lag. You're talking about Led Zeppelin and talking about um, Brock, who was doing an Uberman sleep schedule. And anyway, I, you know, I love to view to to talk about what people write in. I wish I could answer everybody's messages, but I agree with you, uh, rude person. And even though I took your post down, I'm going to move on with the content today. Uh, and not waste waste your time. Uh, I don't think that what I was talking about was nonsense, but maybe didn't quite relate to the topic of jet lag. Uh, so before we get into it, um, the, t- the title of the podcast today, The Drugs Don't Work, They Just Make You Worse, is taken from a song called The Drugs Don't Work by The Verve. They were a sort of a Brit pop band uh, from the late 90s. Uh, that you all probably remember their big song, Bittersweet Symphony, which was enormous and huge, but wasn't as big as the song The Drugs Don't Work. In fact, that was their first UK number one. Uh, this was the third album by The Verve, which was a very dysfunctional Brit pop band right up there with Oasis that was sort of competing with them at the same time, even though Richard Ashcroft and the Gallagher brothers were really, really good friends and wrote songs about each other. In fact, I think the song don't uh, cast no shadow was written about Richard Ashcroft by uh, Noel Gallagher. Um, so anyway, this is a fantastic song. It's one of my favorites, one of my favorite albums. It was a huge album that year. It um, lost, uh um, the, the, you know, the best album, British album of the last 30 years that lost to What's the Story, Morning Glory, but was actually the song that displaced. Be Here Now, the OS's album from the charts. It had been there for a long time. Um, I'm a huge fan of it. I'm a huge fan of the song Sonnet, which if you haven't heard that song, it's just really amazing. But this song, Drugs Don't Work, They Just Make You Worse, is probably about Richard's drug use, but also may relate to a family member who was dying with cancer and the, you know, the drugs don't work, they just make you worse kind of thing. But it's a beautiful, touching song. And And I'll just quickly mention the first line of the song, All this talk of getting old, it's bringing me down, my love. I just give a shout out to uh, my friends from my high school class. I saw a bunch of them uh, this weekend. I hadn't seen it over 30 years. And all this talk of getting old is bringing me down. But seeing you guys was great. So we'll move on here to marijuana. And I, I. If you're if you're pressed for time, I can tell you right now, there's really nothing much about marijuana that's helpful for sleep. In fact, it might be harmful. So we could wrap up the show right now if we wanted to. But I do want to explore it a little bit. I want to give a quick disclaimer uh, and real quick. If you want to talk to the show, communicate with the show, uh, tell me how you feel about The Verve's um, uh, Urban Hymns album uh, or uh, Marijuana, cannabis, CBD. You can reach the show. My Twitter is DrChrisWinner, Instagram, DrChrisWinner. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. That's the Sleep Unplugged podcast. And all of the videos of these episodes are posted there. Um, just a disclaimer I, I don't have negative feelings about marijuana. Um, I think it's fair to say I don't use it. I've never really used marijuana, um, not because I don't like it. It's because I don't feel like it's necessary. It's sort of like, Chris, do you wear earmuffs? No, I don't. I'm not opposed to them. I just is something that I don't really feel like I need in my life. I've got plenty of, you know, wool hats. I, I don't know. Terrible analogy. So I, I'm not coming to this podcast from a place of negativity. You want to legalize it, I think it's fine. I think people who are in prison because they sold a little marijuana probably should not be there. Um, I don't think it's fair. Uh, I don't think that it's a particularly dangerous drug. So just getting my politics out there, right or wrong, just so you know where I'm coming from. That this is not a crusade against uh, cannabis, even though I, I don't use it and recommend it to my patients. I can tell you this: if I had a patient who had debilitating neuropathy in their feet, and a cream with some you know CBD in it, you know, applied to their feet, helped them from their feeling like their feet were on fire, I would recommend it in a heartbeat. So I have no problem um, using it for medicinal reasons if there's a reason to do so. So when we're talking about marijuana, I'm going to open it up to all cannabinoids. Um, And cannabinoids are the psychoactive compounds found in the cannabis plant. And there's a bunch of them, there's like hundreds of them, even though they kind of talk about the four main ones, THC, Uh, CBD, um, CBN, which is not Christian Broadcast Network. There is CBG, which is not the club where the Ramones got the start. And there's CBC, uh, complete blood count. I need to do better with the acronyms here because there's a lot of confusion here. Um, I'm assuming there's SUV uh, or SVU, WTF, BFF, LOL. Um, So anyway, I'm not an expert on these things, but They seem to have uh, some fair amount of redundancy in their acronyms here. So when we're talking about this topic, I'm going to open it up to all of these things. You know, is there any evidence that any of these compounds given medicinally could help an individual with their sleep? And what we can do is we can start with sort of older research, which I always looked at as saying, well, these things don't really do much for sleep. They do create some degree of sedation, maybe in, in terms of you know maybe making an individual become unconscious faster. And you know from our previous episodes about insomnia, previous episodes about sleeping pills, we have to be very careful with that metric. This idea that oh the drug works, um, why do you say it works? Well, when I took it, I became unconscious faster. I don't think that's a very good way to measure the efficacy of, the, of any sleep uh, pill or drug. Um, I personally, as you know, don't think that we really need to be that concerned by how quickly we fall asleep. We control what we can control and let the chips fall where they may. So when a patient says, hey, Chris, I hear what you said, I heard your podcast, but I don't know, you know, marijuana just works for me. Okay, let's talk about the word work because you're you're throwing it around. We need, need to know how you're defining it. You mean work in terms of it's improving your performance in your job the next day. It is making you fall asleep faster. It is making you not wake up, you know, to use the bathroom at night. What, how are we defining work? Because that's everything when it comes to looking at the treatments of insomnia and, and using sleeping pills. Um, newer, uh, and so I always looked at this and said, you know, these drugs basically just disrupted sleep. Um, they may reduce REM latency, meaning that, um, uh, I'm sorry, reduce, uh, Total REM time and increase the latency, meaning it's going to take you longer to get into REM sleep. And when you do, you get less of it. What does REM sleep do? Well, we've talked about that in the past. It's important for things like concentration, focus, memory, maybe even pain perception. That was from a 2008 study. Um, Persistent use of the drug, which is what everybody, I don't meet many people say, yeah, I used it. Once on Tuesday, you know, three years ago. No, it's most people use it; they use it to some degree regularly. Uh, chronic use tends to worsen deep sleep, create less sleep, more d- sleep disruption, and a lot of this came from you know recent research. Phyllis Z, who's up at uh, Northwestern, fantastic sleep doctor. If you ever go to a, if you ever go to an academic sleep sleep conference, I'll bet you she is kicking off the meeting with some sort of talk. Uh, and if she's not there, she's headlining something else. So can't, can't throw a rock at a, at a academic sleep meeting without hitting uh, Dr. Phyllis Z. She's fantastic. And she was part of a, a, she was one of the authors of a paper that said, look, let's look at THC and marijuana and CBD. And, and is there any reason we should be using these as sleep doctors? And the, the bottom line was, we we just don't, you know, the information that we have so far would say no. But there's still a lot of investigations left to do. So in her study, she basically said, look, when it comes to THC in sleep, it again increases the time that it takes for an individual to get into REM sleep, reduces REM sleep, may help with some sleep consolidation initially, meaning you wake up a little bit less. But if you're using it at all persistently, it is worsening deep sleep you're going to sleep less and you're going to have more sleep disruptions. And the majority of individuals who were using it and, and majority 78% showed a decreased overall sleep time. They had increased um, uh, that increased um, sleep onset latency. So it's taking them more than 30 minutes to fall asleep and very poor sleep efficiency. So how much of the sleep period do you spend sleeping? We like 85% or more, and they were less than 85%. It had increased wakefulness after sleep onset, often abbreviated WASO uh, 54.7% and vivid disruptive dreams. So, you know, in terms of THC, that is not a great endorsement for the drug being used to sleep. It was interesting looking through that paper, she also looked at, well, could this medication be used for REM behavior disorder or potentially even narcolepsy because it seemed to at times show an alerting CBD can sometimes have an alerting effect in people. And REM behavior disorder, again, we're going to do an episode on that. Those are individuals who act out their sleep. So thinking about that term REM behavior disorder, what if could persistent use of these medications suppressed REM, delayed REM, would that have an effect on an individual who's waking up and acting out their dreams in ways that are dangerous potentially to themselves or to others? Maybe, maybe not. So I, I I like that study. If you want to follow Phyllis, Phyllis Z, she's on Twitter, at Phyllis Z Z E E. Um, she's fantastic. And she was on a show of mine one time. We were doing a, a show where I interviewed sleep experts on Clubhouse, and she was delightful. So I encourage you to check out her work. She's a real star. Um, I think my favorite research article I came about in trying to figure out the answer to the question about marijuana and sleep was from the Journal of Fetal and Neonatal Medicine from just from 2022. This was a study from Ohio State where they looked at pregnant women. 93 93 of these women in the study were using marijuana. 201 women were not. Because there apparently is a myth within some groups of individuals that smoking marijuana helps with pregnancy, uh, helps with your sleep when you're pregnant. And we know that, and that should be a topic that we do is sleep and pregnancy, that sleep and pregnancy can be rough, you know, for a lot of reasons. You've got the discomfort, you've got the babies making it difficult for you to breathe and maybe even a potential for sleep apnea, uh, anxiety and stress of becoming a new mother or, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. So, I'll read you the summary from this article. Current findings did not suggest differences in sleep quality between women who used and did not use marijuana during pregnancy. Findings are contrary to the perception that marijuana use alleviates sleep related problems during pregnancy. This is a fantastic study. I mean, how many studies do you get? Virtually 300 people using drugs who are pregnant and get some results from it. So this is really interesting that I I, this is not something that I'm aware of. Again, I'm happy to take care of your sleep problem, your narcolepsy, your RBD. You definitely don't want me delivering your baby, even though I've got an MD at the end of my name. Although I did deliver my first child and it was a glorious experience. And when I was done, I was like, okay, if I never deliver another baby, I'm okay with that. So I, I think that we can learn a lot here that you know, this, this, there's a cultural aspect to this drug and a lot of lore that we'll get into here in a minute with another study that we really just can't ignore. Uh, so I'm going to read another portion of an abstract from another study. And this was the introduction to a big review study that looked at you know abstracts in 99 human studies about different cannabis related products. Marijuana, CBD, THC, in recent years, marketers of cannabis, i.e., marijuana products have claimed that uh, cannabinoids have unique sleep promoting effects uh, or specifically cannabinol. That's the CBN. Despite a plausible mechanism, it is possible that such claims are merely rooted in cannabis lore. And I think that's what we're talking about with the pregnancy. I think that's what we're talking about here is that there is a lore about this product that makes it sometimes difficult for us to sort of tease out what is true and what is just people talking. And it is interesting that when you looked at the end of this study, they basically said, look, um, there is no evidence here. In fact, most importantly, published clinical trials, investigating associations, we're not identifying this reviewed, uh, additional evidence demonstrating that CBN itself elicits cannabinoid like effects in humans is mixed with the majority of available evidence demonstrating lack of such an effect. And it goes on to say, we need randomized clinical controls, et cetera, et cetera. Who wrote this article? So I love it. If you read articles or if you're presented an article on social media, find it and go right to the conflicts of interest. Um, and I'll give you mine very quickly. I have none here. I don't work for any cannabis related company. I don't sell cannabis products. I'm not looking to sell cannabis products. I sell two products, and they're both books The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep's Broken, How to Fix It, and The Rested the Child. There's my disclosure. If you buy those two books, you will. You will make me money by listening to this podcast. You're not. In fact, somebody asked me how much money you're making for the podcast. I said, so far, it is a negative endeavor. Um, but anyway, it's, a, it's an endeavor of love. So here we go. So in this article, it says, JC is the medical editor at the Center for Medical Cannabis Education, a for-profit clinical and consulting entity. So we've got an individual who's writing an article who's got an interest in these products saying... They don't really work. Another article from the Journal of Primary Care Community uh, Health. This is from Mayo Clinic in 2022. Our comprehensive review of the effects of cannabis products on normal sleep and sleep disorders relevant to primary care providers and other clinical clinicians evaluating and treating patients who use these types of products shows that cannabis products have minimal to no effects on sleep disorders and may have deleterious effects some individuals. Again, longer to fall asleep in chronic use, more disturbances in sleep, perhaps less uh, deep sleep and uh, REM sleep. Uh, So lots of issues going on there. So this was another big review of available literature, and they're basically saying, no, there's, there's no evidence, there's nothing to see here. American, the Journal of American College Health so we, we've talked about the lore within the, 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 the pregnant women population. And again, I'm still kind of shocked that that's a thing, but there's a lot of lore about it with younger college age individuals. And this was a study that was done um, by a group of individuals that basically said, look, using marijuana to sleep was related to increased use and problematic use, as well as sleep efficiency in this college age population. Daytime dysfunction related to sleepiness was associated with elevated levels of marijuana use and problematic use. And this was found across sex and race. So the conclusion was college students should be informed of the potential misconceptions between marijuana and improve sleep and provided with evidence-based alternatives to improve their sleep. That's why we're here, right? That's why we started Sleep Unplugged. We want evidence-based alternatives and we want to clear up misperceptions about things. So it says, you know, once again, there is a clear need for further investigation and safety, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let's go to the, 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 the conflicts of interest once again. Conflicts of interest. RRG and NSM have received discounted investigational products for an unrelated clinical trial from Neurum Pharmaceuticals. RRG and NSM have also received investigational product and matched placebo from Teva Pharmaceutical and unrelated clinical trials. ISM is a consultant for some Canoxis Therapeutics, is an invest- inventor on several patents related to novel cannabinoid therapeutics. So again, there's always follow the money. There's always a reason for these things. But interestingly, when you're looking at some of these articles, they're being funded by individuals who may have ties to some of these, these, this industry, but they're not finding anything. There's, there's, there's just nothing to find. There's another article that came out entitled using alcohol and cannabis as sleep aids, association with descriptive norms among college students. Um, and I, I should mention the previous study, uh, Tess Drasdowski, and you can follow her at Dr. Draz PhD, was one of the authors of, of that study. Uh, very interesting. So again, this this study looking at alcohol and cannabis in, in in college students, this is a huge thing. You know, everyone's doing it. So in this study, basically 2,642 undergraduate college students were sort of asked about sleep and using these drugs and and they all had the perception that oh yeah everybody uses these because they're good for sleep. So physician uh, patient the participants in the study sort of overestimated alcohol and cannabis use as sleep aids and their abilities to be effective. And when you start sort of moving from cannabis and I'm going to be very deliberate about this into things like alcohol these beliefs matter. So I applaud these investigators for looking at these these topics Because when you're indoctrinated that these are widespread and that they're actually good for your sleep, you become adults that use products in order to achieve sedation and help you sleep at night. And we want to avoid that. So again, I sort of feel like with marijuana and and cannabis products like I do about alcohol, if this is an important thing to you, if you feel like look, I can't imagine going to a Pink Floyd Tribute concert and not smoking marijuana, then I guess smoke marijuana. That's your choice. I think you should be free to do that. But again, let's divorce this thought that marijuana is actually helping with your sleep or improving your sleep because it very much is not. And there's really no evidence to say that any of these products Anything you shove into a gummy bear is making you sleep better. So if you're listening to this and you know somebody or you are somebody who says, look, I take these products so that I can sleep, I think outside of using these things to reduce anxiety, they're doing nothing related to your sleep. So quick topic into our rude individual on YouTube. We're going to be less than 30 minutes for this episode, so I'm going to wrap it up now. My name is Dr. W. Christopher Winner. This is the Sleep Unplugged podcast. Follow me on Instagram, Winner. Twitter, Dr. Chris Winner, You can contact the show through both of those platforms. Take a look at our videos on the YouTube Sleep Unplug channel. My book's The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep is Broken and How to Fix It, as well as The Rested Child, Why You're Tired, Wired, or Eatable Child May Have a Sleep Disorder, and How to Help. Thank you very much for all the people who write in. Really appreciate likes, subscribes, and follows to this podcast. And until next week, sleep well.